0: every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome
1: to the Charity Stripe on the all-new Mightier 1090 AM SoCal Sports Talk.
0: And now, this is the moment you've all been waiting for. We are on the Charity Stripe Podcast
1: with your hosts, Alex, Josh, and Ned. We're back, baby. It's the Charity Stripe Pitch your Free Throws because they're free. I'm Joshua Fisher along with Alexander DeSopolis and Nicholas snacks Kreider. If you don't like a DJ air horn sound effect, that is so cool. We can still be friends. Just follow us on Instagram at the.charity.stripe or on Twitter at underscore charitystripe underscore lots been new for us uh go check out if you guys like texas football over here in socal we have a texas pod called horns up if you want to be a trader and come join us over there in texas Quan cosby great texas receiver uh figured we'd plug that we also do our podcast the second the great name. texas receiver yes second great Texas. oh behind nicholas next yes for those of you who've forgotten no not behind not behind just there's
2: just two great texas receivers on the show
1: i like how you put in the description like what do you put in your description for the show just walk on
2: uh, talking. like tune in as Texas receivers, Colin Cosby, <laughs> and Nick Ryder parentheses, just to walk on. That's amazing.
1: Uh, yeah, go check it out. That's really good stuff. I have some cool Texas guests. Um, hopefully, hopefully get some, uh, USC guys in the mix. When we start talking about that greatest college football game of all time. Um, but yeah, lots going on guys. We're brought to you by betonline.ag go to bet online today and bet on everything and win some serious money. Lots happened though. With the NBA free agency, updated championship odds. The updated odds, we're looking at them right now. We're pulling them up. The Bulls are plus 6,000 to win the championship. The Heat were plus 3,500 and they've jumped to 2,800. Crazy moves have happened. DeRozan, we saw Ball go to the Bulls. Caruso is also on Chicago. They joined Levine. They just they joined Vucevic. They joined Patrick Williams and Kobe White. The Heat bring on Kyle Lowry. Uh, they move on from Goran Dragic. He goes to Toronto. We, he may go to Dallas with Toss's boy Luca. Um, but they had a bevy of pieces in Morris. They bring back Duncan Robinson. Obviously, they have Jimmy buckets, Bam Adebayo, Tyler Harrow.
0: Ola they reassign Victor Oladipo.
1: Oladipo Ola goes back. Toss, you texted me the other day. Tears. You had the Bucks. You had the Lakers. And You had the Nets. Is your tier ones? Do the Heat jump into that tier? Or are the Bulls a serious contender? Does the re-signing of Collins? Mean anything to you for Atlanta's hopes of getting past Milwaukee. What about the Knicks and Kemba? What do we make of these trade with these signs? I keep saying trades, the signings, but they're signing trades. It's very confusing in the NBA times. You know, can the Lakers with Russ, are they the clear-cut favorite? What do we think, boys?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think when I sent the, the tiers, that's correct. I I used three tiers. The first tier included three teams, like you mentioned, the Bucks, the Nets, and the Lakers, even with the signing of old depot. I don't think that that moves the Heat out of the second tier, which is where I had them categorized. Mm-hmm. Um John Collins was on the roster for the Hawks last year. Him being extra happy cuz he's getting paid doesn't make them a better team. I mean, and, and additionally, I think that the Bulls are probably the 7th best team in the Eastern Conference mm-hmm. behind in no order the Nets, the Bucks, the 76ers, the Celtics, the Heat. And um, I'm missing someone Atlanta. Yeah. Who was in the Eastern conference finals last year. So I I like the bulls. I think it's, it's a fun move. It helps them keep Zach Levine there. Is he the best player on a championship team? No. Is he still young in his mid twenties? Yes. Prime honors horizon or just now starting his prime. Probably. Does this make Chicago basketball exciting again? Absolutely. And I think that's really important for the city. Um, that's a team that can, they could be the f- the four seed pending injuries to those other six teams that I said were better than them. But I also mm-hmm. think they could be in the playing game. Yeah. Um, I don't expect that they'll miss the playoffs unless they lose in the playing game. But I think it's very feasible that they could be in the playing game because Rick Carlisle in Indiana. I mean, that's a good roster too. And obviously you mentioned the, the Knicks and we'll see if, you know, LaMelo can take the step forward and, include or just improve on that already young and, and fun, exciting Hornets roster. So uh, the Eastern conference seems to be pretty deep um, and pretty exciting. And I can think throw the wizards be...
1: in there with Dinwiddie and joining Dinwiddie, Harold Kuzma, our boy Kispert, shout out to him and all the guys that got drafted. Can we throw, throw the wizards at least as like a play on contender?
0: Mm, meh. Slash? Yeah, I, think
2: I think I'm not on, on board with that yet. We're out on the team wizards. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I would really, love for them to have success, but I just don't think that they're, I think the East is too strong. Crazy.
0: Yeah. I think we're, we're really going to see, I mean, the wizards obviously made a push late in last season, but really on the shoulders of Russ, like Beal was playing good basketball, but Russ was the guy that kind of willed that team into the, into the play-in games and into mm-hmm. the playoffs. Like, And do we even I, know
2: Beal's going to still be there? It's, it's like just, soap in the air every day. Like
1: he sent out a cryptic tweet today. It's like, We don't know what's going to happen in Washington. I can't. For I think they're just prolonging their death. I think we're all in agreement for that. They're going to have to move him eventually.
2: They should do it as soon as they can. Get as much value as possible.
1: Beat, beat the look because somehow, some way, the Sixers are going to pull the trigger on Ben Simmons. Beat them to the punch. What if the Blazers are not good because then Damian Lillard becomes available or McCollum becomes available and some team's going to throw a haul at them and or Beal plays a similar position, plays a guard. You know, you're going to have to go after a guard hungry team you're trying to trade Bradley Beal and you don't want to lose out on the biggest possible haul you can go and get. And at this point, like the wizards are going to be good enough where they're picking in like the 10 to 15 range, but they're bad enough where they're not contending. And yeah, the drafts have gotten deeper and deeper as the years have gone on, but you're still not in this position where you can pick in the top five and have that, "Quote unquote reset player like we're like these guys in the top four were like reset guys. We're top five even were reset guys. We'll see what, Bar- what happens with Barnes. I mean, people are a little skeptical about that pick. I like Scotty Barnes. I think we all do. But those top three guys, Green, Mobley, and obviously Cunningham, were seen as franchise guys. And if you're the Wizards, you're not picking more Suggs too. Soon. Suggs too at the five. Yeah, I love Jalen Suggs. Um, what about the Lakers though? The Lakers are plus four twenty five behind the Nets at plus two twenty five. Is that crazy?
0: No, I I think that feels about right. I think the Nets, if healthy, are the best team. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they even, yes, Dinwiddie didn't play last year. So that's Mm -hmm. that's a wash. But they did lose a couple of guys. They lost Jeff Green. He was a a great contributor. But they re-signed Bruce Brown. Um, They drafted Cam Thomas late in the first round, who I think will probably get a lot of run in the regular season because, you know, Harden, Kyrie, and KD will miss games, Mm -hmm. whether they're hurt or just sitting out. Uh, they're the best team when those three guys are are playing. Like I think they showed it that they were the best team with Just Harden and, and Durant when they were playing. Um, I, I don't expect that to change even with Westbrook on the Lakers. But I do think the Lakers are the second best team. I think that's a the pretty fair odds to to go for it. I think both of those two teams have a high risk of injury. I mean, you've got some guys that are vets that are up there in yeah. age,
2: especially on the Lakers. Bunch of old balls on that team. I mean, well, I was gonna <laughs> ask. I mean, does Did all those veterans and all that age, I mean, that could really slow you down, I think, right? Like, especially in a long season. I mean, they brought in Ariza. They brought in Carmelo. They brought Dwight back. Gasol. Yeah, Gasol's there. Like, it's an old team. Yeah, I mean,
1: Russ isn't Sprite. I mean, Russ is Sprite, but he's not young anymore. LeBron's obviously old. When you have a team like the Nets in a situation like that, when... With the Nets, it's like the guys behind the veterans at least are young. Like Toss is saying, like Cam Thomas is young, and these guys are young, you know. So when it's when your legs are fresher, if LeBron goes down, you're replacing LeBron with a 35 year old Carmelo Anthony, you know, and these you're getting replaced. I mean, I think it's the age is definitely an issue. Um, The fourth best odds right now are the Golden State Warriors. Is that crazy to you guys?
2: I like it honestly. I mean, with Clay coming back healthy. I mean, obviously, Steph played out of his mind last season. You got another year of seasoning for Wiseman. And I'm I'm curious to see what they can do. Uh,
0: Kaminga and Moody played their first uh, summer league game, and they both scored in the, in the first, like, four minutes of the game. I mean, who knows? I don't know what they're going to do with those guys. Ultimately, are they going to trade those two guys with Wiggins or Wiggins and, and a pick and Wiseman or, to get other guys? Um, I certainly think that, like, Beal is the really interesting guy, right, as we already talked about look to see him move by the deadline, especially if the wizards, you know, have a, a bad first half of the season. I, the only reason why I didn't have the warriors in my tier one category is because clay's health. If clay is 90% of what he was before the injury, I think they're right there in the tier one category. And I think they're a tremendous matchup for the Lakers. I mean, you talk about two very, very different teams. One team that can't shoot three whatsoever. Well, I. I mean, I do think they brought on a couple of good role players who can who can stroke it from deep. Um, but obviously, the Warriors are going to outshoot them in a game. And it's just, can the Lakers slow the game down enough with LeBron and change the pace? It, it'd be a really exciting Western Conference Finals. A couple of things I want to ask you guys about as well. Uh, Kawhi's,
1: as of now, we're recording still unsigned, which is kind of wild. The Clippers made it far. But can they even get to the playoffs,
2: what we were discussing yesterday at dinner? Yeah, when we had this, the conversation of, Who else do they have besides Paul George? You know, I mean, that team survived in the playoffs, you know, towards the end, but you can't play a full season like that. You know, just relying on one guy.
1: No, absolutely. It's going
2: to be Nick Battoon and Paul George.
1: They haven't even brought in Reggie Jackson yet.
2: And I don't know if they can afford him. Yeah. That's the other thing too, is like trying to go out and get another guy to compliment Paul George and hopefully, you know, keep the team afloat. If, if Kawhi is available towards playoff time, it's just. They have no value. They can't give up anything to go get a guy because they gave it all up for Paul George.
1: Well, I think now that you're saying that, that makes you that makes you really wonder. If that plays a bit because like, we're looking at the whole Beal thing from the Wizards' perspective. We look at the whole Blazers thing from the Damian Lillard perspective and the Simmons. Like you know, and this like we look at it from the teams. Like okay, they have to move these guys. So they have to get something for these guys. But if you're like the receiving team and as good as these guys are, to play devil's advocate on the whole situation, the Clippers lost Kawhi and now they need to go get someone else to replace him because he's not going to be playing next season. But they can't
0: because they've spent all their capital on one guy. They also don't have their first-round pick next year. Sam Presley and the Oklahoma City Thunder have it. You do want to still compete. Like It's almost more enticing to compete with Paul George and whoever else you have to try and help out going and getting someone. Obviously, you've got Kawhi, and that provides a lot of leverage. But you can't just kind of cash it in like the Warriors did and then ended up with the second pick. Two years ago. So, uh, unfortunately, that would have been kind of a cool thing. Like, we could have seen next year, you know, the Clippers have a really bad season. They end up maybe second or third worst team in the West, end up getting a top three pick in the lottery, maybe, maybe even get number one. And they have Chet Holmgren running with Kawhi and Paul George. I mean, that would have been awesome. But
2: unfortunately, it's not going to be the case. And I will say, I mean, you never know. Maybe there's a guy that shows out can sustain a full season, you know, if Terrence Mann can actually step up and play like he did in the playoffs for, uh, you know, a solid amount of time in the season. Then that's a bright spot. Then also they drafted, well, they didn't draft the New York Knicks drafted Keon Johnson and ended up getting him from the Knicks. So, I mean, he was a guy that was, you know, really praised pretty highly before the draft. It's deep is a super,
1: super deep draft class. Um, we're just like Kennard Morris, like Bach is coming back. It's just like they they bring in you know Jason Preston. It's just like really not a sexy roster, and they can't tank.
2: So the one thing I would say is that it wasn't a sexy roster before Kawhi and Paul George either that season before, right? When they had Tobias Harris, yeah, um, pretty much as their only guy there.
0: Well, they live. And, yeah. And they were
2: in an and they were well, an eight. Well, I
0: will say though, Dev- devil's advocate, like they had Doc Rivers, and I know Doc Rivers has had his playoff woes, but he is one of those coaches that can really as i like to say squeeze the squeeze all the juice out of the orange right and and Ty Lue, he proved that he is a savvy coach right in this last playoffs he proved that he made great adjustments he's a great personality manager i think there's if there's one thing that you could really point at as a clear skill of his as a coach like yeah, he did it in cleveland he did it in in los angeles but i don't know how he is if he's one of those steve clifford kind of guys those nate mcmillan type of coach i will really see because this roster is really devoid of talent but i I actually i honestly really liked the clippers draft with keon johnson and they got jason preston obviously that's a guy his senior year of call uh senior of high school averaged two points per game which is crazy um and then bj boston who josh and i had the the pleasure of watching when he was a senior in high school and, and D Wade was on the sidelines um, at one of the Sierra Canyon games I mean that guy's as talented as as any of the guys in this draft so uh, high hopes for for their picks and these guys are going to get some run so it should be a pretty fun season for the Clippers even if they end up not being a great they could be like that
1: Warriors team last year they just kind of slipped in the playoff playing game kind of situation like that but there's still like a lot of good teams and one team that's surprisingly high what if I told you in the NBA futures, the Pelicans were not a bottom 10 team, that the Grizzlies were behind them,
2: the bull, uh, they, that the Pacers were behind the Pelicans. I mean, they just traded away Lonzo, um, and it seems like there's not a lot going right right now with the relationship with Zion. Uh, I think you mentioned to me that Zion's agency sent out a tweet saying something like, the Pelicans are doing all they can to make sure Zion isn't playing with the Pelicans after his contract is over basically saying like they're not making him happy. It's interesting. Seems like they're kind of botching their opportunity. I mean, Ingram's still there. I don't think it's going to work out there.
1: Yeah, they're putting on a pathetic performance, to say the least. They bring in Devontae Graham, who's fine. Valanchunas, who's good, but there's only so much that a guy like Valanchunas can do for you. Uh, we have to see what happens with Hayes. Um, obviously, he had an unfortunate run with the uh, law, uh, so we have to see how that, everything unfolds there. They have Kyrie Lewis. We'll see what happens. Kill Alexander Walker. But these guys still have to develop. We're waiting for these guys to develop. And Trey Murphy, who they've drafted in the first round. But like the, the Pelicans are expected to win now. And they had that waste of a year with like what we all thought was a good roster last year with Van Gundy. And now there's no Lonzo. You hope that this Bledsoe, Val, Bledsoe and Adams for Valentino swap and they move back from the 10th pick is worth it. It's just like a lot of confusing movement for the Pelicans um and obviously you know they he, Zion will be a restricted free agent and they can match him so he could they could realistically keep him there for in you know, a number of more years if they wanted to but you know like nowadays players have so much more power and yeah. if a
0: guy like Zion wants out of
1: New Orleans I mean he, he can maybe he's go gonna get it go, yeah he
0: made me go and get yeah. that signs point to him being probably the first guy on his rookie contract who denies the max extension and declines the qualifying offer I don't I'm not saying it's for sure gonna happen but like it, 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 I wouldn't be surprised. Would you even want really to stay wouldn't.
1: there a single more second? Like, I would want the hell out.
0: Well, I think I think a lot of guys in the league really respect Willie Green, who the, is the new head coach there. You know, he's a guy that played in the league for a long time for a lot of different teams, kind of an NBA journeyman, and guys really like him. He played for, I think, I guess they were the, was the New Orleans Hornets um, for a little while, so he's got a history in New Orleans. He's obviously going to be better than Van Gundy, who's just – an archaic dinosaur at this point. Like, I don't know. I, Brandon Ingram still has time to get better. See how they incorporate Zion into the offense. Run a little bit more points. Zion, like, let Balanchunas be the big. Turn Brandon Ingram into a a true scorer off the off the wing. Like Devontae Graham's a a really good plug and play guard who who can play that combo role, shoot and score and create a little bit too. He's he's great off the pass, catch and shoot. So uh, Nikhil Alexander Walker, like you said, like he's got to take a step up, but. They've got guys there. They've got guys that they'll just have to, to grow this year and really um and really develop. But I, I don't think that what, whatever you were saying about the futures is, I don't know, it's a little far-fetched. Memphis is going to be competitive as long as Jaws there. They have that same core team and, and their coach is doing what he's doing. And they've been drafting
1: amazingly. I mean, I just don't foresee a situation where the Timberwolves are that much worse than the Pelicans. And right now the Timberwolves are plus 25,000 and the Pelicans are plus 10,000. I mean, not great odds, albeit
2: to win the title. And neither of them are winning the championship. So yeah, I mean, no so
1: yeah, it doesn't really matter. But the, the fact that they're valued such is kind of crazy. The Suns and the Jazz are five and six. The Clippers are still the seventh with the 76ers eight, Nuggets nine. Heat are going to be jumping up, though. They're currently at 10. That was updated couple of days ago. It's still waiting for it to update now. I think I just read before at the top of the show they've jumped up to plus six hundred or six thousand. Sorry.
0: I I heard Kemba didn't sway the Knicks odds one point.
1: That's correct. Crazy <laughs> or not crazy.
0: I don't know what the odds evaluators are really looking at, but like he's feasibly their starting point guard. So I mean if he's healthy, like we know what Kemba can do. And point guards are obviously a big deal in, in New York and one thing that they were really lacking in the playoffs last year was some some scoring and someone, a guy that can create his own shot and shots for other guys. And like he's certainly better than Derek Rose is, is that I know Derek Rose is still there and he's a great fit for a Tibbs run team, but I like the Kemba plug and play. I like him better there than in, you know, wasting away in Oklahoma City.
1: Yeah, that made me sad for sure. Um, All right, guys, before we wrap up the first segment, I'm going to ask you guys with free agency, open season, it's been chaos. One dark horse team that you think it did enough where they can actually be a contender. It could be a team we've mentioned before. It could be a team that was a contender, you know, that didn't get all the way last year. basically anybody that's not the Bucs or the Suns.
0: I mean, I I think we got to say, like, I can't say the Lakers because they have LeBron and Anthony Davis and they won two years ago and they just weren't Mm. healthy last year. Uh, Obviously the Heat are kind of like the glaringly obvious pick. I actually really like what the Nuggets did. Um, I think it was pretty simple, but they bring in Jeff Green, Right, Jeff, baby. They re Barton to way too much money. Jamal Murray comes back though, and Jokic is there, and Michael Porter Jr. gets one more year to just get better. They still have Monte Morris, like they have Aaron Gordon. They retained everything. They added a, a savvy vet wing who can kind of take that Jeremy Grant role from two years ago. I just look for the Nuggets to to be sneaky good and, and maybe end up in the Western Conference Finals.
1: Nick, any team that you want to shout out it could be a sneaky dark yeah. horse.
2: I mean, I think the Heat definitely have an opportunity as well. I mean, they were in the finals two years ago, but they weren't anything special this last year. But you know, getting Jimmy, that Max, getting Kyle Lowry, getting a true point guard in there, and that's great. Um, you know, alleviates some some pressure for like a guy like Hero or Duncan Robinson. Um, but you know, getting those guys back as well, I think, is great. And I think the Knicks will definitely take a solid a solid step up. I mean, they were a surprising team last year, and I think they'll continue to do that. But in terms of Who's gonna really come out on top? And it's it's gonna end up being the Lakers, the Nets, the Bucks, or the Suns, I think.
1: Mm, Suns. I think the Chris Paul deal was skeptical for the length and for the contract size, but you gotta pay your guy that got you there. Um, I'm gonna I'm just gonna ride the Knicks train. I think there's I'm I'm loving RJ. I love, always loved R.J. and it's so much on hinge on him taking that next step forward, which I think is possible. Can he become that, you know, borderline all-star that Jaw is? Can he, or like even an all-star like Zion is? Um, and if he does that and makes those necessary steps, those signings of Fournier and those bringing in of Kemba, those will really help the team come and bring back Noel the propel that team into like a top-five contending team in the East. All right, we're the charity stripe. We'll be back with the second segment. Get excited!
0: We will be right back with the Charity Stripe on the all-new Mightier 1090 AM, SoCal Sports
1: Talk. This is the Charity Stripe on a new generation of radio, the Mightier 1090 AM, SoCal Sports Talk. We're back again, baby. It's the Charity Stripe, Pitch Your Free Throws, because they have free. I'm Joshua Fisher, along with Alexander Disopolis, Nicholas Snacks, Kreider. We're the Charity Stripe. You can find us on anywhere you get your podcasts, because we're a podcast as well. Same name on Spotify, Apple. You can also find our sister podcast, Horns Up, Talking Texas. That's the Texas Longhorn podcast that we do with Quan and Cosby. Really great stuff. We started it a couple of weeks ago. It's already going very strong. Guys, football is back. We're stoked. It's some of the best time of the year, especially living in California. You just wake up on Sunday, 10 a.m. Football starts. You're done by 8 p.m. Grab dinner. You can even go work out. Get to bed early. It's a beautiful thing. A lot of rookie QBs went in the first round this past draft. This is their sided debate. Go to sided. Go to the app right now. If you're not on sided, what are you doing? And this idea comes from one of our interns, Hank Groberg, the man. Great kid out of University of Texas. You couldn't tell we're partial to the Longhorns. His question was, who gets a game in first, starts a game? Mac Jones, the Patriots, Trey Lance of the Niners, Justin Fields, the Chicago Bears. Nick will go to you, then will go to Alex, then we'll go to myself. Of those three guys, because Trevor Lawrence can be a starting quarterback for the Jags, and Zach Wilson's is going to be a starting quarterback for the Jets week one, as it stands right now. Who gets a run in as a starting QB first?
2: I believe that it will be Trey Lance. Mm. Um yeah, I've, I've heard some great things about him so far, um, you know, in the rookie uh, OTAs and training camp and all that good stuff. I think that he's, he's definitely um, earning that spot. I don't know if it's going to be a week one thing. I doubt it's a week one thing, but it also comes down to me not thinking that Jimmy G, you know, is going to be any good in, in the first couple of weeks. I mean, I think Andy Dalton is a serviceable starter for the Bears. So, you know, he can – he could end up playing the entire season. I think Andy Dalton's still got a lot left in the tank, you know, and obviously Cam Newton is Cam Newton. I mean, he's, he's definitely starting week one in my opinion. Um, But I definitely can see Trey Lance getting rolled out there within the first three weeks of the season. Interesting. Toss, what do you think? I think it's, I think it's really
0: tough. And I kind of, am going to be a little diplomatic about this because I'm not necessarily sure which of the three I'll I'll make a guess at the end, but I, I do just want to say that like, Jimmy G and Cam Newton have the propensity to both get hurt. And because of that, I lean towards Mac Jones and Trey Lance. However, I think that the bears team is competitive. And I think that just going into it, my gut tells me that that race is the closest coaching wise for them to kind of lean in and give fields the keys. I I could just see Dalton having a a three, four interception game and really trying to force the issue and just the next game being like, all right, like let's just give this this kid a chance. Now, I also think that can totally happen um with New England too. But I think that the way that that McDaniels runs the offense, they're not gonna force it with Cam, right? They're gonna they're gonna lean into his skill set. And I know that Mac Jones is a better thrower than Cam. I know that. And I, I think that's what people are saying at Camp already, but they're not gonna put him in a position to fail. I think that the Bears could feasibly do that with Dalton, and I definitely know that Garoppolo is not going to be put in a position to fail because that guy threw eight eight pass attempts in one game. I mean, they're just going to run the rock like they always do. Like Shanahan's offense is built around him not slinging the rock. And I think with all the the injuries that they sustained, like they're going to come back healthier. They're going to look good, and they're not going to need Lance to step up and play. Um. So, so my, my gut tells me that Fields is going to be the first to start a game. And Josh, I know you'd be happy about that.
1: I am happy about that. I want to say Fields, but I have to sift through everything. I think I agree with Nick that I think Dalton's the best QB. I think he's the best QB of the three. When you factor in health, availability, consistency, if you're going into the season with those three guys as your quarterback, you're going to feel most comfortable with Andy Dalton lasting the season. Just by the way things have gone over the last few seasons. I think Mac Jones is getting a lot of run with the Patriots because he has to. Um, they're going to, a, going to be careful getting cam into the season B it's two different offenses, not two different offenses completely, but it's two different styles. I mean, Cam Newton and Mac Jones are completely different 2 two different ty- types of quarterbacks. So you're going to have to make a lot of adjustments if, and when the time comes that you go to Mac Jones. So he has to be ready to go and you have to get a lot of work in because it's not the same playbook. We're not the same type of players. You're gonna be running from the set. So I think that he's getting a lot of work in for that reason, so he's prepared. And so, honestly, the coaching staff is prepared in case that that change needs to come. I think Fields... I think the Bears situation is the trickiest of the three. I think they have the toughest fan base of the three. Look, the Patriots have won enough where they can be patient. They're chilling. The Niners, um, again, like they run the rock a lot, so they're going to avoid putting Jimmy G in a position where he's going to fail outright, the Bears play the Packers. They play the Vikings. It's two tough teams. They're going to be in shootouts. to play them four times automatically. Lions aren't slouch city. They're not great, obviously, but I think they're it's, it's a team that could at least keep up and put up potentially put up points with Goff. Like, look, Goff is a quarterback that went to the Super Bowl and was cast to the side for Stafford, but I don't think he's a bad quarterback by any means. They're going to have to throw the ball. They're going to have to play competitive. They have a very good running back in Montgomery, um, but it's going to be pass happy division. Um, even with Cook and Aaron Jones there, and I think a lot there's going to be a lot of points that need to be scored. And if Dalton does have that slip up game, it's Nagy's Nagy's on his last rope. So as long as Dalton's good and serviceable, they're going to hang tight, and that defense could carry them through. If Fields is going to be on the bench, and that could be the whole season, Fields could not. I get also,
2: it. you also got to consider too, like wins and losses, and you know, obviously that is determined by who they're playing against. So I mean. To go off the first five weeks, it looks to me like the Niners have. I would say probably the the Bears have the easiest schedule the first Who do they got? Who do they got, five man? weeks. So the Bears got the Rams to start off, not okay. the easiest games. But then they got the Bengals. Yeah, uh, you got the Browns and then you got the Lions, the Raiders. That's the you first five weeks. Three and two so, in that game. You should be right. Three of those two teams. The Patriots have the Dolphins, the Jets, the Saints, the Bucks, the Texans. So. That one's fairly easy too. I think you can get maybe four and one, three and two. The NFL the Niners, the Patriots. What a cupcake. The Niners have the Lions, the Eagles, the Packers, and the Seahawks, and the Cardinals. So I think that one maybe you go two and three. That is a so tough back three there. That's I think they have the toughest first five games, which leads me to believe that you know Jimmy probably doesn't make it past those five games. Um and to your point, Toss, yeah, Shanahan definitely loves running the rock and you know, not passing the ball, Jimmy might throw the ball eight times, but it's pretty clear that they're going to be taking, you know, a lot of emphasis on the, in the air, just because of the guys that they have around there. I mean, I kind of came into his zone. Debo Samuel. They brought in Muhammad Sanu. Um, you know, they have Travis Benjamin on the roster now, uh, Richie James. I mean, they're not like the sexiest of names, but like they've got a lot of guys who can contribute I mean, obviously it's not like your household Julio Jones type guys or AJ Brown or DK Metcalf or DeAndre Hopkins, but like, there's just a lot of speedy, you know, quick option route type of guys, a lot of slot of receivers. So it kind of makes me believe that they might change up the offense a little bit. And, you know, I don't know how sustainable it is to be rolling out just these random running backs every single week and seeing who does well. You know, I mean, obviously most of it came out of nowhere. Right. And you see guys like, you know, Breda kind of came out of nowhere. I mean, he's not there anymore, but like, that's just the, the style they run. So I don't know how sustainable that is. Well, distracting
1: from yeah. not the quarterback, I think there's a rookie that gets the starting job in San Francisco on the offensive side before Trey Lance. And I think that's Trey Sermon. I think he becomes a starting running back in San Francisco before Trey Lance becomes a starting quarterback. Yeah, it's
2: not a bad take. It's a crazy. I, take.
0: Yeah, I, I just think that it's tough to say, like, 2 and 3, 3 and 2 with that Though honestly all three of those teams I think it's a pretty easy first five games for for both of them for Could for all worse. three of them excuse me I yeah I mean there's definitely some cl- like clearly winnable games that that are must wins your quote unquote cupcake games right I, I just think that it, this feels like with Lance how, how many snaps he took in college this feels eerily similar to the, the Dolphins situation last year, where I think this is a good team with a good starting quarterback, a guy that's won a lot of games. Clearly, he, he's undoubtedly won way more games than he's lost. He's the game manager type, which Shanahan does like. And I just think, like, if this is a team where you're looking at like you're either the top of the NFC West or you're the wild card team, like, y- you can't be messing around. I, I agree. Like, if they go two and six, like, sure bring Lance in, see what he can do. But if they have a winning record, you got to play Garoppolo. Cause that guy's been to a, a super bowl too. You're talking about Jared Goff. Like, do we like Goff? I, I'm I don't know. I think the Lions are going to suck next year. Like I yeah, think they're, they're going to be, be really good. bad. The team around the team around him is not great, but I think Goff
1: will keep him at least in games. I think No, he couldn't for... keep,
0: he couldn't keep him in games. It's all about his offensive line. Cause that guy can't move. And if he doesn't have an offensive line to protect him, like he's that tier of quarterback, right? Where they can't force the issue and grapple is the same type of guy. Things have to be going well, but I think with the injuries that they sustained last year, like this is a great San Francisco roster. They do have a ton of weapons. Kittle is obviously he's number two behind Kelsey and tight ends. Like the guy is an absolute beast. He's a great blocker. He's a great pass catcher. They've got speedsters on the outside. Like they should be good. I I, I know that division's tough, but they should be a good team
2: this year. I think the Lions actually do you have a pretty decent offensive line? I mean, they I went not got say, the best yeah. offensive lineman in the draft, and sewell. Right. Um, but I mean, they haven't had that many struggles on the line that recently. I think mean, they used to be horrendous, but they've gotten better. Um, but yeah, I don't think the lines are that good. I think the line I don't think they're great. I think I
1: look, we have to put my bottom dollar on it. I'd imagine to be picking the top five, top ten around there. I don't think they're gonna be fantastic by any means, but I still think they're competitive enough. I One team I'm not fully sold on. I I have to see it to believe it with the Rams. I think the Cardinals are a dangerous team to take that step up. Obviously, we know what the Seahawks can do. I'm not counting. I'll never count the Seahawks out again as long as I live, as long as Russ and Pete Carroll are there. I have to see it to believe it with the Rams. And and These Instagram videos of Matt Stafford and these no-look passes are not going to get me jonesed up. I need to see it on the field first and foremost. And this Niners team, obviously they had the down year last year, but they're a year removed. It could be like a Miami heat situation. Like we, you know, where the Miami heat kind of had the quote unquote, not great year, the off year, but they bounce back and they go back to the the, the championship. Like, like, like they can, they retool. I mean, I think the Niners are, they really are just a year away from like, you know, having in the year and a couple quarters away from winning the Super Bowl. There was, there was a time, there was a point in the Super Bowl. They had a ha- complete handle on that game. Mahomes had the world, the chiefs back, um, it, it is a good football team. I think of the three football teams, though. I think the the issue really is is like these three football teams are so murky. Like the Patriots could be really good. Like defensively, they could be one of the best, if not the best, defensive team in football. Or they could be so stagnant offensively and so one dimensional off- offensively that things don't pan their way, and they have to thrust Mac Jones in from the jump to just restart things. The Bears could be in a situation where Dalton is playing really well and the defense is playing well and they're completely competitive. Or we see those games that Dalton where he throws those four or five picks. We could see Garoppolo kind of, you know, be the game manager or he gets hurt. Both these, all three of these franchises, and obviously they make, make sense why they take quarterbacks, are just in such limbo kind of territories where it could be such like, you know, hot and cold type situations. It's not as black and white as like, okay, we know the Texans are going to stink. We know that the lines aren't going to be good. We probably can assume that the Jets are going to, for lack of a better word, blow as well. Whereas we know the Chiefs are going to be great. It's not as black and white as that. So these teams are kind of in that middling area. Uh, so that, I mean, that's what makes it a great question uh, and a bit tougher. Um, go decided. To I mean, the Eagles go to, aren't going to be good
0: either. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Got to throw the Eagles out there all we can. The Eagles aren't going to be good either. Uh, go to side debate that as much as you can. Uh, we've cut more minutes here. One thing, Nick, you've been back and forth. I've been back and forth. Our two teams. The, the I'm a Sox fan. Nick's a Padres fan. Um, our two teams weren't stagnant. They didn't stand pat at the deadline. Obviously, you had the hits leader, Adam Frazier. We had Kyle Schwarber, who's hurt, but he'll be back. Another big, you know, piece of lumber. We're getting Sale back. Dodgers add Scherzer. They add Trey Turner. Um, a lot of other moves were made.
2: Yeah, your Yankees, your rival,
1: added Gallo and Rizzo. And Rizzo. Nelson Cruz, obviously, a little earlier, but he had gone to the Rays. Barrios, one of the biggest, if not the biggest, pitching outside of Scherzer, uh, pitcher available. Blue Jays. Who goes to the Blue Jays, which he's under another year of control, so it's not a rental. Were you disappointed or are you disappointed? How do you feel about the whole situation?
2: So my disappointment just comes from not addressing the biggest need, I think, that we needed was another starting pitcher. Mm-hmm. And there's it's twofold. Like It, it comes from... Just not playing well as a starting rotation. You Darvish has not been playing well. Snell has not been playing well. Musgrove's really the only one that's kind of got it together. But you got Weathers, who's up and down. Um, you got Lamette who's still injured. You got Paddock, who's on the aisle right now, who's who's been inconsistent this season as well. So they needed to add, you know, a, a guy in the back of the rotation. Didn't have to be Scherzer. Um, you know, you could have gotten got Zach Davies or or someone even like Kyle Gibson. I mean, Kyle Gibson has been playing great this season, but Mm -hmm. there's a lot of guys that were out there that I think, you know, we should have gone after. And instead, I mean, I'm happy they added Adam Frazier. I think that's a great, great addition to the lineup, you know, kind of booster the hits and get some more on base percentage. When I got Daniel Hudson from the, from the nationals um, you know, they're, they're a high leverage reliever. He's on the COVID list right now. So haven't really seen him play yet, but um, one of the moves that was kind of a head scratcher to me was adding Jake Marisnik, which I mean, do we really need like another outfielder? Like, I guess he's he's playing well against lefties this season. He's in like 290 against them, but like, this is a guy who hits a career of like 220 and he's not like anything special. And we gave he's up Anderson love. Espinosa for him as well. And I know Anderson's Anderson Espinosa, you know, he was a top prospect for our organization at one point, but he hasn't played because he's had two Tommy Johns. So Jesus. I like, I understand letting him go, but like, is Jake Mirznik really the guy that's really going to, you know, catapult us to defeating the Dodgers and the Giants? I mean, right. I don't know. But I think for me, yeah, not addressing the need for starting pitching was definitely a a big bummer, in my opinion. I think you feel the same way, right? For your team. I do feel the same way. Yeah.
0: I was sorry you were going to say, Toss. I was just going to say that I feel like the Giants didn't address their need for starting pitching as well. I know, like, you got to feel good about bringing Brian in. Right. Like that's yeah. it's an exciting bat to have on your roster. And it's a guy that's been there. It's a guy that's gone deep in the playoffs. And I know with how hot that team is, but divisions are so important in baseball. I mean, those are the teams you're playing. And when the Dodgers pull in Scherzer and Trey Turner and, you know, the Padres and the Giants are looking at each other and like neither of them really address the starting pitching needs. It's tough. It's really mm-hmm. tough.
2: There are yeah. only a few guys though that were like made available. It seems like Scherzer sure. being number one, Berrios being number two, Kyle Gibson being number three, but like Maeda was still available, but I, apparently the asking price was just too high. And I mean, there's definitely other guys that can eat up innings, but I think for the Giants in particular, I think they wanted to go after like a big name guy like Berrios or or Scherzer. And, and they just we all just lost the race to the Dodgers.
1: Right? Yeah, I think the issue becomes is like the Dodgers will, the Dodgers gave up Josiah Gray and Kibert Ruiz, who are two massive prospects, obviously. So simeon woods richardson's now the number three and austin martin's the number two prospect in the twins farm system and that goes in the Barrios trade for me though the situation was like turner's in the addition to the deal and are the padres going to do that no they just traded for adam frazier they have to tease jr they're not going to sweeten the deal to add get that addition of turner in there like the in that way, the Nationals don't have to worry about getting another trade when like oh, when he becomes a rental next year. Uh, they can get rid of him now and make that some other team's problem potentially. Uh, I think the si- ditto goes with the Kyle Gibson situation. They're able to get Spencer Howard, who's the, one of the top prospects for the Phillies. Um, they're able to get him because they throw Ian Kennedy in the deal. I think the Ian Kennedy Kyle Gibson thing would have been nice for the Giants. Would have been nice for my team, or would have been nice for the Padres, though. And the issue I have with my own squad is like. I, I, look i can't be mad we're like we're 60 plus one team we're competitive we're for first place in the the super tough division you do have sale coming back too though you have sale exactly i was about to say we have sale coming back i still think though that some like look barrios reunion were, were you gonna give a jeter downs we just got for barrios probably not behind bloom has to understand that we are the red sox and it's not a small market team anymore i can't the schwarber deal is exciting but like the Yankees made those moves for Gallo. They made those moves for Rizzo. The the, the Rays had made that move for Nelly Cruz to keep up with us. That's who they're chasing. They're chasing the Sox. And the Sox, what did the Sox do best that, or as well as anybody? They hit. Right. So they make those moves. Like the Schwarber move is cool. It's fun. It's exciting. But I don't think it's nearly as necessary as getting that back of the rotation kind of guy. It's like, yeah, we're getting Sale back. Yeah, we have Iavaldi. But the other guys that we're rolling out, Pavetta, uh, Garrett Richards, you know, Erod e- is, e- is lost. He's nowhere near where he was was before he, you know, he was out with COVID last year. It's not like, you know, it's like we have one, two, an and okay three, four, five, or three, four, five are not good. Like I'm not yeah. sold on any of those guys at all. And we, we, even, you don't know how sales gonna be when he comes back. Like, yeah, he's pitching well. And I texted our buddy, uh, Brandon, who's also a Sox fan. He's like, yeah, he's you know, throwing 96, 97, which is obviously gas, but it's not 99 anymore. It's not 100. It's still got to work his fastball up to the ticking spot where, you know, it was sitting at before the injury. So I'm definitely a little worrisome. Uh, the Yankees are now only six back uh, from the Rays and four and a half back from us, and they're, and they're slugging the ball. So it's a bit tough, but it's cool for your Rangers toss. Spencer Howard's a good prospect to get for Kyle Gibson.
0: Yeah, really excited about that. <laughs> shout, out, shout out. No, I am. I am. And shout out to the Cubs for basically being the Oklahoma City Thunder of, of the MLB. I mean, it's yes. like kind of ridiculous what they're doing it it, this was this was a historical trade deadline absolutely and i'm you know just looking top to bottom at the dodgers roster and the yankees roster on paper it's it's crazy what these teams have been able to put together like we'll see if uh, obviously the dodgers win last year so kudos to them like they put together an amazing roster and they were able to win which Mm -hmm. is tough to do and the yankees haven't really done that with of late um so I, I'm interested to see what their run looks like, but it, some of these teams in baseball are just just absolutely crazy. I, I know we dealt with this in the early 2000s with some of those those Yankees rosters as well, but they're stacked. They're they're, they're stacked.
1: Yeah, the Jays, the Ashers lineup is, is they're nuts. The Ashers lineup is insane. Um, and on that note, believe you guys, fans drag both feet and bounce. We're gonna full a counter that puck at that putt. Your PKs because they free and your free throws. Why, guys? Because they're free. They're free. We actually love you. I'm Joshua Fisher. That was Alexander Topolis, Nicholas Snacks Kreider. We're the Charity Stripe. Thank you for joining us. Please catch the Charity Stripe every Thursday at 6 p.m. on the mightier 1090 a.m. SoCal Sports Talk. Thank you for listening to Believe.